From the studios of PBS 39 at the PPNL Public Media Center in the Christmas City of Bethlehem, PA, it's time for another well-pruned hour of horticultural hijinks. You bet your garden. I'm your host, Mike McGrath. Have you ever wondered why some trees' branches have all been cut back to a stump? On today's show, we'll reveal why pollarding was a great idea in 1 AD and a terrible idea now. Plus, how the 2019 edition of the fabulous Philadelphia Flower Show is going all hippy-dippy with a tribute to flower power on the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. Plus, your fabulous phone call questions, comments, tips, tricks, suggestions, and judiciously jaundiced justifications. So grab your Nehru jacket and love beads, cats and kittens, because it all starts right here, right now. All right, welcome to another thrilling episode of You Bet Your Garden. I'm your host, Mike McGrath, coming to you from the studios of PBS 39 in the beautiful Christmas city of Bethlehem, PA. We're going to have a lengthy, lengthy, lengthy and long, long and lengthy interview about the upcoming year's Philadelphia Flower Show, which is going to be really, really even more special than it normally is. We're also going to do a question of the week about pollarding. Is it ever right to cut your tree's branches back to a stump? So we better hop right to your fascinating phone calls at 1-833-727-9588. Jada, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Thank you. Well, thank you, Jada. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm calling from Norman, Oklahoma. Very good. Just outside of Oklahoma City. That's right. And uh, what can we do for uh, Jada? Well, I hope you can enlighten me about the habits of the fall army worm. Ooh, yeah. I have never encountered it before. I've been gardening here for 13 years and have never seen it. But this last fall, there were millions of them coming across my yard and the neighbor's yard, and they ate all the grass. They liked fescue better than anything. Mm -hmm. They ate the fescue to the ground. But my question is... Since I don't know how they overwinter or why they popped up all of a sudden, I wondered if you could tell me, are they likely to show up again next fall, or do they march on to conquer somebody else's territory? It is all in the prevailing wind, believe it or not. Um, Army worms are actually an amazing sight. Everybody should see it once in their life, because you and I both know the ground was alive. The ground was totally covered with perhaps not millions, but tens to hundreds of thousands of these hungry, hungry caterpillars. And they advance en masse like an army. And they are a notorious but infrequent pest of lawn grasses. Here's what happens. It's one of the most amazing life cycles ever in the early spring. All of the moths that uh, give birth to army worms are down south, even south of you. So then these moths, when they hatch out of their eggs, they take to the wind. And they go literally wherever the wind takes them. So it's not like they're overwintering in your soil and they're going to come back or something you would need exactly the right wind at exactly the right time of year. Um, But my understanding is if you see the moth parade, so to speak, it's almost as impressive as the army worm march because there are thousands of these moths traveling in in a very tight circle. And then when they get to a break in the wind, they drop down, they lay their eggs, And out of the eggs come these tens of thousands of army worms. And they just march. And did they come up on your porch? Did they come into your house? Because they don't seem to know when to stop sometimes. Oh, yeah. They seem to be coming out of a planter box. I mean, it's it's actually just a raised bed next to my patio. And I followed the lines of caterpillars, the the little marching lines back Mm -hmm. to where they were coming. And they were just pouring out of this box. So, planter area. so what happened is the moths descended on this planter box 
and laid a lot of eggs, and every egg hatched into a caterpillar. We call them, quote, worms. Right. That's an old agricultural term. Anytime, anytime you hear the worm word used in terms of crop damage, it's a caterpillar. So yeah. that makes your job easy. Um, almost everyone I've spoken to over the past 20 years who's had army worms only ever saw them once. It's, oh, great. <laughs> it's like this freakish thing. But you could have controlled it right away with BT. BT, yeah. B, BT is the older, it's probably the oldest organic insecticide. Uh, you spray it onto plants that caterpillars are eating or getting ready to eat. And when the caterpillar eats that sprayed plant, they stop, their stomach stops working right away. And then within a few hours, they die. But there's no yeah. harm to anything in the environment. It's safe for you to get on yourself. It doesn't harm butterflies, doesn't harm frogs, toads, dogs, cats, lizards, uh, emu, anything like that. It yeah. only takes out caterpillars that eat the sprayed parts of the plant. Yeah. So you could have just kept spraying your lawn where they're piling out. <laughs> they would have just gone down. <laughs> This seems like some old uh, gladiator movie with the 300 of them mowing down, um, mowing down yeah. their enemies. Well, but by the it, time I figured out what they were, they were gone. Like, oh, okay. It took me a while to figure out. At first, I thought, I just left them alone. I just stepped all over them. <laughs> you know? and, and then I noticed the grass was disappearing. And then it kept spreading, and more grass died. And... Uh, by the time I figured it out, they were gone. So I well, thought, they, well, now where did where did they go? They are uh, they they are surface dwellers. They will not. Um, there are other quote worms, grub worms that'll dig under the soil and yes, eat the I roots of your grass. But yeah. army worms are on the surface on the only. Surface. Okay. And so what happened to all these caterpillars though? Now where are they now? They must have. The caterpillars either died off or went into their in-between stage and made the metamorphosis to moths that then either flew south or died, because it's my understanding that they can't overwinter in climates that have a real winter. And even though okay. you're technically south, you have some serious winters. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. So they can't, they can't overwinter in your area. So okay. the, the adult moths, which are relatively small compared to the size of this caterpillar, it's a big caterpillar, um, yeah. they probably tried to make it back to the deep south, and some of them did and some of them didn't. Don't forget these caterpillars and butterflies can fly thousands of miles. It's amazing. Yeah. But it all yeah. begins in the deep south in the spring. They hop up on the wind, which you got plenty of in Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. And then they yes. just drop down in random areas. Um, Okay. You may never see them again, but if you want okay. to be prepared, um, have yourself some BT. Um, okay. Yeah, the brand names are Dipel, Thoracide, uh, Gardens Alive sells it at Green, uh, called Green Step. It's available everywhere, and you just yeah, want to I make sure it it's the organic. Well, you're not going to get it at a big box store, but you'll get it at any independent garden center or yeah. a, a classy mail order place. And just make yeah. sure it's the BT for caterpillars. All right, great. I hope I don't see them. No, no, but you'll have a story to tell for the rest of your life. Yes, I will. Thank you so much, Mike. My pleasure, Jada. Take care. 1-833-727-9588. Annette, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hi. Hello, Annette. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. And you? I am just ducky today, Annette. And where is Annette just fine? Uh, Ned is calling from down in town, Pennsylvania. Just outside of Philadelphia. I have a magnificent weeping cherry tree in my front yard. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's approximately 55 years old. Mm -hmm. It is this past summer season that I noticed that the leaves were not as plentiful as in the past. I also believe that it shed its leaves earlier than usual this year. Lastly, um, there is a fungus or mildew splattered all over the trunk and limbs. It's whitish and greenish in color, 
uh, resembling large and small snowflakes. Yes. That's the only description I can give it. No, that's perfectly, that's exactly (coughs) right. That's exactly the kind of moss, mildew, mold, fungus, whatever you want to call it. That's common on, on a lot of trees. Right. And is this some kind of insect invasion, disease, or just old age preceding death? Um, uh, go ahead. And I also noticed that some green leaves remain on one or two branches only. Can you help me? Yes. My tree? Now, how was the, um, first of all, you've named one of my absolute favorite trees of all time. Um, oh, I am a huge one fan of weeping cherry trees, especially the older ones, because right. they're, uh, their their feet, so to speak, um, where they meet the earth and their trunk structure and their branch, branch structure as they get older is absolutely Dramatic. magnificent. Yes. So the reason we grow flowering cherry trees is for their great springtime display. How were the flowers this spring? The flowers were uh, not unusual. Uh, they were just as uh, plentiful as it seems to be. Uh, I uh, I think there's a road down below that uh, carries a lot more traffic today than it ever has, and uh, but we still have people stopping their car, getting out, and taking pictures of it. It's yep. just that magnificent. There is, um, just outside of northeast Philly in Huntington Valley, PA, there's a tree okay. that I estimate to be 100 years old. And oh, wow. that's exactly what I did. When I drove past it on the way to a friend's house, I got out and took right. pictures of it. It was yeah, absolutely amazing. That area too. I used to live in that area. So the two things that are important here are the leaves and the flowers. Okay. The flowering that you experienced shows that nothing was wrong with the tree last year. That's okay. when those flower buds were formed. All of the right. spring bloomers form their flower buds in the fall so you started out okay and then you had what might have been the wettest spring and summer and fall now in your history so the tree was overwhelmed with water a lot of weird things happened with plants this year Um, it sounds and I heard a lot of stuff about leaves falling off prematurely If the leaves are okay, if they're the right color and they're on the tree for two, two and a half months, maybe three months, and then they drop off before the other trees, that's absolutely fine. They're just protecting themselves against stress. If if they start falling off after three weeks, then, then you have a real serious problem. So... And all the mold and mildew on the branches could either mean that your tree is lacking adequate airflow or, again, the historically wet weather we had. Now, is your tree mulched at the base? No, I do not mulch any of my trees. Excellent. Is it growing out of a lawn or is it isolated? It's growing out of the lawn. Mm -hmm. It's not in the barrel or anything like that. No, it's been there since the the day they built the house. Right, I understand. Now, do you treat the lawn? No. You don't put any herbicides or anything on it? No. Excellent, excellent. Has the tree become crowded over time? No. No, it's still nice and airy and open in the center? Absolutely, absolutely. Are there? And I have uh, pruned it at times because some of the boughs come down too low for mm-hmm. me to pass under with my mower. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's part of the beauty of those trees, too. That is. That is. I sadly had to remove some of them. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's probably not the worst thing you could have done, especially down towards the bottom. I mean, it changes yes. the look, but it would right. get airflow in. Right. Um, right. Uh, I also, uh, uh, over the years, uh it was hanging so low that it was hanging to the ground. Yeah, that's what they do. And I would, I would trim those hanging leaves to maybe uh, three feet. I'm going to say that when ground. you, if you feel the need to trim it again, remove entire branches. 
Okay. Take I, the, I pretty much did that. Not good. the big branches, but the, no. the yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to... Uh, uh, That's okay. That. That's okay. But Let's. That's right. Yeah. Go so ahead. I don't think anything is wrong. I don't think oh. there's. I don't think there's you think any. You come back next next year. Okay. Well, all the evidence. Hopefully, as long as the water isn't too plentiful. Yeah, all the evidence supports that. You will know in the spring. You can probably tell now if you go outside and look carefully at some of the branches, and you mm-hmm. see a lot of dormant flower buds. That almost certainly means everything is okay. Okay. So I haven't done that. Yeah, the most important thing you can do as a gardener is nothing. Yes. You just want to yes. leave the poor thing alone. You don't want to stress it with any pruning now. You want to no, no. you no. want to wait till bloom time in the spring. If you get a lot of blooms, everything is fine. And if you want to do anything, it would just be to take out some branches in the spring to improve the airflow. If any branch does not produce flowers, for instance, get it off of there. But otherwise, the only thing you can possibly do, again, is prune off some branches to incre- increase the airflow. The, the mold, the moss that you're seeing on there is not doing any damage to the tree. It's just another plant that's living there because of the wetness. And if yeah. we have a nice couple of nice dry spells next year, That'll just flake off. Okay. I appreciate your time and and your uh, advice, and thank you so much. Coming up later in the show, we're going to talk about pollarding. Is it a good thing to do to your trees, or is it evil? And we're going to take more of your fabulous phone calls. But now it's time to welcome our very special guest, who we have on You Bet Your Garden every year around this time, Mr. Sam Lemhenny, who is the designer of the famed Philadelphia Flower Show that'll be running, I believe it's March 2nd, March 2nd to the yep. 10th. You got it. In Center City, Philadelphia. Sam, welcome back to You Bet Your Garden. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me. It's always Uh, a pleasure. Thanks for being had. That's always my pleasure. (laughs) Now, uh, this year's Philadelphia Flower Show has a very special theme, and I'm already angry at you because I told you to come dressed in your old Nehru jacket and love I know. Beads. Look at me. I'm very preppy and, today. And here we are. Yeah, yeah exactly. The kind, of, the kind of kid who never went to Woodstock. No, definitely not. I was... But maybe lied about it later in life. Um, we've had a lot of different themes at the Philadelphia Flower Show over the years. I've had a special relationship with the show since 1990. Correct. And I can't remember anything like what you're going to pull off in a couple of months in 2019. Yeah. Flower power. Flower power. Doesn't this sound fun? I, yeah. I, I figured this would be right up your alley. This is something. I wish you, I was exhibiting. Really, I, know again. I wish you were too. It'd be, be a lot of fun to see that. But flower power is definitely the theme. And uh, we're really excited about all of our designers and exhibitors to talk about really the power of flowers. You know, it is, you know, we're going to touch on the 60s and that sort of flower power era um, in the 60s. But we really wanted our designers to talk about the power of flowers. And it's it really crosses all borders from healing to communicating to celebration. Um, it really is a special, special way that flowers can um, can have that power on all of us in every day of our lives. But the genesis of this theme was at one of your brainstorming sessions, right? When somebody said, hey, do you know the show's going to be on the right. 50th anniversary of Woodstock? <laughs> yeah, it worked out perfectly. And uh, for 50, 50 years is now the, the anniversary of Woodstock, and that's what 2019 is, and it, it worked out perfect for us. But um, again, it is it is more a little bit broader than just that 60s era for the show, but we're excited about it. Right. How much, you know, how much hippy-dippyism is going <laughs> to be there? There'll be a little bit, yeah. There's a couple of exhibitors who are going to touch on that a little bit and uh, give you some 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 tastes of that. We have a have a little bit of psychedelic exhibits going on with some kaleidoscopes. Whoa, man. And, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, but uh, we, we are going to uh, include a lot of different things about the flat power of flowers. Um, you know, the healing power is going to be a pretty special one that you're going to see a lot. A couple of different exhibits that talk about the mental healing power and the physical healing power with a lot of medicinal gardens. 
Um, but you're also gonna gonna see, um, you know, talk about PHS and and the power of the flowers that we've had in in our life of our organization of connecting people with horticulture, building community communities, and beautifying Philadelphia is is something that we're really excited about talking about and and telling that story um, at the flower show as well. So I want to you have given us we want to get back to that. I want to yep. touch on that. Sure. Um, but you've sent us a whole bunch of slides that we're going to drop in starting now of course i've lost that sheet of paper <laughs> you're okay. used to this sam um i'd like to go back to last year for a moment because sure. you sent us uh a couple of uh, images the first was the rainforest right entrance garden last year's theme was uh if correctly pronounced from philadelphia water yeah the water the water, water show. show yep and Waters of water it was a great rainforest how difficult was that to to put up i mean because you and I talked about this back in the days when I used to exhibit, everybody needed to have water in their right. exhibit, and it was the most treacherous part of the right. show because <laughs> all the ponds were leaking, all the liners Yeah, housekeeping doesn't like us when we do a lot of water. There's no, a lot and, of cleanup for that. And you don't want to slip and fall. You don't want right. anybody to get hurt. So you had water almost seeming to spray just onto the guests, but just missing them by inches. Yeah, we had we had a lot of fun with the, the rainforest. I think our biggest challenge was, you know, when you walk through a f rainforest, you, that canopy falls over your head, and you want to feel like you're completely enclosed in plants and flowers. Um, so that was one of the hardest things I think that we had to come up with is how do we how do we immerse the visitor in that? And um, one of our designers came up with scaffolding and came up with a few images of how to use that. Um, and we really just went to town on that and just adding the plants overhead and have you walk underneath the scaffolding with the plants dripping. Um, you could actually touch and feel all those plants. And that's really our our um, goal with the central feature and exhibit is to wow you when you first walk in, but then really totally immerse you and make you think that you're uh, at the rainforest or any of the themes we're doing. Um, and, and have a really good time and sort of forget about the cold and the winter that's outside and that, and walk into that convention center and feel like you're you're somewhere else. Oh, I always said the flower show is for people who don't want to take Prozac. This right. is, you know, <laughs> you've been staring at that wallpaper and your spouse for way too long looking right. for imperfections. It's it's time to look at pretty flowers. Absolutely. My best friend always talks about the oxygen levels that are in that building have got to be the biggest oxygen bar on the planet. But, yeah, exactly. Um, we have a lot of fun with that. And uh, it is, is something that's pretty special. And um, we really want to just transport you to a different world when you come to the flower show. And that's important because people who haven't been to the flower show or maybe haven't been to the flower our show lately you know I still consider the convention center our new home yeah exactly we've been we there since in, 96 but it is our newest home right yeah exactly we were in the civic center for ages right and everybody remembers from that era going down the escalator right. and the show suddenly appearing in front of you correct and so your biggest challenge you and I have spoken about this many times is creating an entrance correct. that somehow envelops you the yeah. minute you get into it. And I thought the rainforest was probably the best that you've achieved with that yet. Well, thank you. It's uh, It was fun to do. I leaned on a lot of my connections from Florida when I was I lived in Florida for 15 years before. You I were head of horticulture uh, at I was, Epcot. Right? I was head of the Flower and Garden Festival down there. Um, yep, absolutely. And uh, had a great team to work with, but met a lot of connections in Florida and still use them every day at the Flower Show or every year at the Flower Show and uh, really leaned on them heavily to bring up some amazing plant material from um, the palm trees that we had to some of the amazing philodendrons and some of the uh, amazing or orchids and that we had in that garden to really make you feel like you were in a rainforest walking around and um, being immersed with all this plant material. So the flower show, for again, for people who haven't been there, it is not a single thing. You've got this entrance garden right. that's really supposed to change who you are from walking in off the street into somebody who's literally in another world and then you've got the central exhibit that gets across all the themes. Yep. Um, over the past couple of years, we've added entertainment to the central exhibit. Yep. Depending on the theme, yep. Absolutely. It's really a state. It's really become part of a stage now. Yeah, we want it to be as interactive as we possibly can and hit on all the senses. And you know, when you walk through the plant material visually, it's just stunning and and, and is, is overwhelming at times. Some uh, when you walk through, but um, we want it to be visually stunning, but also attempt you know attempt to to really sort of stimulate all your senses from smell to, to, to sound and, and really sort of bring you apart and make you envelop into that 
into that whole experience. Except the year we did the movies and you had the popcorn machines going. <laughs> I, I think yeah, that, that smell was a little too strong, I think. And people <laughs> people want to smell the flowers when they come to the flower show. And we realized that in a big way. People told us about it and that yeah. popcorn smell, um, even though we wanted, to, wanted it to be there. So when you walked into the movies, you felt like you were in the movie theater. But um, people wanted to smell the flowers. <laughs> yeah. No, duh. It's at the flower show, so they want to smell the flowers. So then outside of the central exhibit, we have the major exhibits. Correct. We have these incredibly talented people who come from all over the world, right. really, to stage these massive exhibits. Uh, another image is uh, you have um, Robertson's, uh, yeah. who won Best in Show Floral at uh, last, year. last year's flower show. They're, they are a pretty special exhibitor and, and, uh, but in and has one, been around for a long, long time for us. And in one sense, though, their basis, their home ground, is essentially not a very large floral shop on Germantown Avenue in, in Philadelphia. I was just there the other day. You know, in this in this day and age, you know, technology is and internet has really helped a lot of businesses expand without expanding a lot of their footprint, and they've taken advantage of that. And you know, they do work all over the Philadelphia region and area, and uh, amazing work and really creative and talented folks and the designers there. Um, Flip has assembled a really amazing team of, of designers, and they've won Best in Show the last couple of years, and so we'll see if they can keep that streak up this year. Um, they are one of the ones that are going to touch a little bit on that 60s and uh, give you a little bit of psychedelic flower power with it, with their exhibit this year. Their building in Germantown is like the kind of thing we used to have in the 60s. You know, they have that beautiful glass house that's yeah. part. But in, in reality, they're just the... The, the house or the store on the end of a block. Correct. Absolutely. And it's a, you know, walking through Chichester Hill, sorry. Um, it is just a really fun, quaint place to go shop and, and experience, you know, old town, old hometown and old hometown USA. And Sometimes I really think fun. their exhibits at the flower show are bigger than their store. <laughs> it could be. I think you're right. Absolutely. Okay, so after the central exhibits, then you have educational exhibits, which right. is where I used to Correct. exhibit. You have the Hort Court, you know, where people right. bring in their individual house plants right. that are so perfect, you never want to grow a house plant again. There's some <laughs> you, but you can. I think people people get get intimidated. I think by the horticord. The horticord is really how the flower show started back in 1829. Right, just people. The members individual. came together and brought all their plants together, and yeah. poinsettia was displayed at the first flower show. So it, it's one of those things where I think people get intimidated and think that they can't grow plants. But it's so easy. We we actually teach people, we connect people, and mentor them. Uh, but it's really easy to enter in the horticord and any anybody who wants to enter in the horticord should take that chance because i think once you take that chance and you get that one ribbon you're you're hooked for life and, uh -huh. uh, and it's really fun and exciting and rewarding to 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 compete against other horticulturalists who have the same interest have the same love um you know it is a competition but everybody's a big family at the flower show and that's really makes it special oh no you, it's you can imagine it's no it is. It's, it know. is it is a little cutthroat at i times. saw a little old lady spike another gardener <laughs> she slid into her at second took her out of the game absolutely no it, it knocked is, over her bowl of pansies but it's a lot of fun so if anybody wants to exhibit at the flower show the horticort's a great way to get started and get your feet wet um and you only need to bring in one plant to to be able to exhibit at the show and it's something that if you're interested in it do it i, I highly encourage it it's not not for the experts this area is for folks who are novices who are not professionals in the organization that section is dedicated to that but um, it could it's like you say that was the show in the beginning it could yeah. be the show again Oh, absolutely. Nobody would complain no. if that if that giant space was just filled up with these amazing plants. I remember Correct. last year, I must have spent a half an hour looking at the terrarium section. Yeah. <laughs> Great, great, amazing. And again, they're so popular nowadays and, and everybody is looking for easy ways to garden and get a lot of variety in their house and terrariums are a great way. I know you've talked about them a lot and uh, it's just a really fun fun way for, an easy way for people to get involved in plants and horticulture. And you know, you help every day. I think plants are such a stress reliever and in this day and age of a lot of the turmoil and things that are happening outside in the world, um, plants are just a great way to get you um, involved and get you stressed free. and. Um, that's really the power of flowers, right? That's why we picked this theme is really go into that and talk about that is really the power of flowers does have that on your life and every day and it makes you put a smile on your face. Now, after that is the marketplace yep. where you can literally buy anything. Buy anything horticulture or garden related, yep. But absolutely. before we, we don't want to dwell on that too much because there's some important points we have to make. Every person who goes to the flower show 
aids in the greening of Philadelphia in Absolutely. some way or another. Yeah, Philadelphia and the surrounding areas in the region. Um, the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society is who I work for, um, and it is uh, the organization that produces the flower show. But the, the flower show is a fundraiser. Um, all the monies that are raised from that show go back and directly into the programs that we do throughout the year, um, which helping community gardens, helping to uh, create uh, beautiful gardens in the city of Philadelphia and the surrounding areas, um, our educational programs that we do throughout the year to get more people involved in gardening and horticulture, um, the vacant land management that we do with the city. Um, all of that, uh, the funding from the Flower Show goes back into helping. And that what's the name of the of program for, for lack of a better word, for ex-cons, for people getting out of prison, yeah, we, training? Yep, we have a program called Roots to Reentry, um, and we work with the prison system to um, actually educate some of the folks that are incarcerated um, on they grow a lot of seedlings for us and, they, and, and a horticultural knowledge that we teach them. Um, all those seedlings then are donated to the community gardens and they're allowed to, to use those seedlings to, to grow vegetables, um, which then in, in turn goes to our city harvest program, which all those fruits and vegetables, portion of them are harvested and donated to food banks around the city. But we try to um, give, give a little bit of, of knowledge to the folks there, uh, maybe a different knowledge that they haven't grown up with, um, and hopefully start a new career for them and get them involved in the horticultural world and industry, so which important. is so important these days with with horticulture people are just not thinking of it as a career and there's so many different opportunities in so many different ways um, to get involved in horticulture and, and in gardening and in plants um, you think of all the environmental uh, industries that are there that all have horticultural backgrounds and need to know more things about horticulture it's just such a such a great industry and a great career to have I've been blessed to be a part of it and had great opportunity to work at Disney and now at the flower show um, and I highly recommend it it's been a lot of fun <laughs> it's been a lot of fun but I want to make the point that when you buy a ticket to the flower show or you become a member of PHS, right. Pennsylvania Horticultural Society, your membership includes free tickets to the show. You do, absolutely. Um, but whether, whether you do it one way or the other, you're supporting so many good programs. This isn't a Van Halen concert. Correct. Um, you're doing, you're kind of doing your charity work and getting to go to what to me is the greatest right. show on earth. You get a twofer, right? Absolutely. At the same time. Well, thank you. Yeah, it is. It is something that's pretty special about this show, and uh, we we were, we're very lucky with the, the the people that do come to our show. We have two hundred fifty thousand people that come to our show, um, and we're very lucky that they continue to come every year um, and really help us to support all the programs that we do throughout the year, which is really special. And how horticulture can really make a difference and and make a difference in this world um, and make a difference in every every life. Even if you have one plant on your windowsill, you still, when you go to wash your hands or do the dishes, you look at that plant and it puts a smile on your face and Really, that is the power of horticulture. It's the why we chose Power of Flowers. Oh, and I even forgot there's speakers all day, every day yeah, at the flower show. That's who great. is speaking at the show. I have spoken at the show since yes. 1990, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it's the same thing over and over again. I take questions from the audience yep. and we have a great back and forth. And this year I'll be there on the Wednesday of the show at four o'clock in the yep. Gardener's studio. So come on out and uh, don't bring any. A nice thing about March is there's no overripe vegetables for people to throw at me. This is true. This I'm is true. There. We are changing a little bit and, and try to make that that gardener studio is where you speak at um, on Wednesday at four o'clock. Um, this is uh, something that we're trying to make it a little bit more interactive. Um, we're doing a few more competitions where we're pulling some people out of the audience and and actually bringing gardeners in to to create hanging baskets or window boxes and creating a competition with that, which will be fun. And we're also doing potting parties at the end of the day where you actually Excuse get me. to Excuse pot, me. potting Pot parties potting, at the uh, Woodstock potting show. parties. Uh -huh. um, we haven't, we're not there yet. Boston, up in Massachusetts, maybe, but not down here. Um, we are doing potting kind of parties. The idea um, we're working show. with a gentleman called Two Bloom out of Chicago, and uh, Subaru is working with us and sponsoring that. And uh, people get to actually pot a container of flowers. Mm -hmm. uh, you got your, you know, your thriller, your spiller, and your fillers, um, and really teaching you how to plant a container, and, and then you'll get to take it home with you. All right. Listen, I know that our time is up right now, okay. but I'm not going to let you go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a monkey wrench to our studio here. We're going to take a short break and we're going to come back because I know there's something very special happening at this year's Flower yes. Show. And you, you have to be given a chance to explain it. It's also the bulk of the images we have to show behind. You got you. it. Can't wait. So you're watching and or listening to You Bet Your Garden from WLV and beautiful Bethlehem, PA. I'm your host, Mike McGrath, and we're going to come back with more of Sam Lemhenny and the 2019 Philadelphia Flower Show. <laughs> 
Well, it's time for me to take a little break and remind everybody out there to keep shredding and collecting your fall leaves. You can just pile them up and they will become compost on the bottom and you'll have shredded leaves on the top to use as a great mulch in your garden beds. Yes, shredded they must be, but that's the only thing you have to do. You don't have to add anything. Fall leaves alone, once they're shredded, make the absolute best compost. And you may not see it originally because it's going to be on the bottom of the pile in the spring. But I guarantee you'll get fabulous compost and you'll have shredded leaves, which are the best mulch in a vegetable garden. Welcome back to You Bet Your Garden. I'm your host, Mike McGrath, coming to you from the beautiful studios of Channel 39 WLVT in the Christmas city of Bethlehem, PA. A little bit later in the show, we'll talk about pollarding of trees. We'll also take a couple more of your fabulous phone calls. But now it's my hungover guest. I'm hanging him over from the interview section. Um, Sam Lemhenny, old friend, designer of the Philadelphia Flower Show. Uh, last segment, we talked at length about the flower show, what the theme is going to be this year, um, how it all happens, how it benefits so many different communities in Philadelphia. Uh, but I know there's something special happening there this year uh, that has never happened there before. And I wanted to give you a chance to explain it. It's like we're going to host the Olympics <laughs> of uh, flower arranging. Yeah, absolutely. So we've been working over the last five years with uh, the FTD, um, and they hold their um, World Cup of Floral Design every four years. And uh, five years ago, we were started talking to them about bringing it here to, it's almost like the Olympics, almost like a bidding process, but um, we, we're really excited about bringing that here and hosting that at the Philadelphia Flower Show. It is the World Floral Cup competition um, that really will name the best floral designer in the world. There's 23 countries that will be represented. They're sending their best of the best in floral design, um, and they will have a three-day competition over the first three days of the flower show. The guests will actually get to watch the designers build so their be, exhibits. Would that be Saturday, Sunday, and Monday? It's actually Friday. starts on the members' day um, and then goes Saturday and Sunday. So anybody who wants to come... Um, to see those designers um, in full action can come those first three days. They will name, name the top designer on Sunday evening at a special gala that FTD is holding, um, but all the designs will be on, on display for the entire duration of the show. And okay, so that's I, why you're front-loading them. Absolutely. When we, when we say designs, too, that's sort of a word that, you know, if somebody thinks of a floral design, they think of a nice arrangement that they have in the middle of their table. Um, the biggest design that they're creating this year is nine feet tall by four foot wide by four foot wide. These are really works of art that they're using flowers to create is just amazing and stunning to see their work and you've got to come and see this and really and so really it, amazing i should explain the philadelphia flower show will be this year march 2nd to the 10th in the yes. pennsylvania convention center in center city philly across from the reading terminal correct and the first day friday is the members preview day the show is only open for about three three and a half hours to our members yep and that's after the judging and then from the next day, full day Saturday through the following Sunday, that's, you know, the anybody can come day. Right. Now, what will we see if we come on one of those first three days? Is so, this going you're going to have these people in a steel cage you know, <laughs> fighting it out? We've actually created these pods that uh, they are going to create their designs in. Each one gets their own individual. It's about 10 by 20 space that they're going to have to create their designs. Um, over two, three days, they'll be designing four installations. Um, to a day. So you will actually get to see them designing and creating their works of art. Um, when we introduce them, they'll do a parade of flags and a parade of nations, just like they do with the Olympics. And we're going to bring them in and introduce them and really make this a big deal because it really is a big deal. It hasn't been in the United States since 1985. It's never been at the Philadelphia Flower Show. So we're really excited about hosting this and having them be a part of the show. 
and you really are seeing the best floral designers in the world. It's spectacular. Some of the designs, I, if you go to our website, you can see some of the designers and click on them and, and know and see some of the work that they've done. It is just, these are just really amazing works of art that will be put on display. And if you come the first three days, you'll get to see them at work. If you don't come the first three days, you just get to see their works of art, which is still stunning and spectacular. Um, and we have a little bit of entertainment going on. We have an MC there. We'll have cameras and we have screens. And it's really going to be a big production for the, for the whole show this year. Yeah, like Kurt Gowdy. Right, exactly. Play, bring back Howard Cosell. Right, you right. Know. And maybe that agony They're defeat. They're bringing up our rose For the losers, that agony defeat, that guy tripping down the, yeah. the, the, the ski lift. So what kind of timing? Uh, let's say I want to go. Yeah. And I'm a member. Obviously, that timing is is pretty tight. It's going to be happening during the entire Correct. preview. Yeah. If you want to come and see the the designers um, and, and actually creating their designs, um, on if you want to buy a membership, you can get in on that first day and actually see them creating their designs during that, that time frame. And I uh, should mention, because I, I, I neglected to do this when we spoke before, um, when you buy a membership in PHS, okay. that provides you with flower show tickets that you can use also also on the first special day. Correct. And any other time. Or any other time during the show. During right. the show. But you also get a wonderful magazine. Correct. Um, and you get uh, the benefits of membership. You have you can get discounts. Discounts on our ed- There's some free educational programs. There's discounted educational programs. And there's a discounts lounge. in Marketplace. And there's a lounge you can use to sit down and have a cup of tea. Yeah, and seats seats come, can be a premium at our show. And so that lounge becomes very popular with oh, our yeah. members to, to have to relax. And yeah, I showed them my card. They still wouldn't let me in. Oh, come on. Yeah. You call me next time. I'll get, yeah. I'll get you in. So, yeah, you'll get to see the designs through Sunday. Um, and uh, Will we, there be a schedule on the web? I, yeah, should mention, is, there, I should mention, by the way, that the web address is The Flower Show. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy so, for people to remember, right? Yeah, they're the so Flower humble. Show? Theflowershow.com. Um, we're the first, so we, we should be called the Flower Show, right? When they come in, you say there's going to be a parade and everything? We are going to do a parade of nations with the flags, and we're going to announce each country and each designer. And, and when's that going to be? So that'll happen each time that they come out to design. So there'll be two on fr- two designs on Friday, on Friday, two designs on Saturday. They narrow it down to the top ten on Saturday evening. They will then bring back the top 10 on Sunday, and then Sunday evening they will name the top designer in the world um, on Sunday night at a special gala. Um, it's a separate ticket. You can go on our website and actually see and buy those tickets there, but it's uh, it's, a, it's more of a black tie gala for that as well. Oh, yeah. Um, no, the flower show dinners parties. are amazing. Yeah. If you our can... preview party happens the first Friday night, so you actually will get a chance. If you come to the preview party, you get a chance to meet the designers. Designers will be present standing at their exhibits um, and their designs and actually talking to you and interact with you at that time. But During again, the on, the, on the web, can you find out what time yeah. to go? All of that is, yeah. So um, in the mornings, there's a morning session. So there, there t- it takes about two hours for them to create each, uh, each design. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a morning session and an after se- afternoon session for each day. And you can see the timing, all of that, and the schedule is on the flower show. Well, that is just amazing. I mean, here's another reason. To, and, and this is the only time this is going to happen at the Flower Show, probably in our lifetimes. For well, my lifetime, I think, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, talk about the power of flowers, though. When you think about the communication and, that, that, and, and the international impact flower that power, have. It's flower Woodstock, power. Woodstock. Um, yep. This floral competition. Me on Wednesday at 4 o'clock. <laughs> at 4 o'clock at the Gardner Studio. You can't beat it with a stick. Absolutely. All right. Sam Lemhenny, designer of the Philadelphia Flower Show. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Mike. I will remind you that the website is the, the flower show, right. uh, dot com. Uh, you can get tickets there or you can become a member. I actually advocate you to become a member yeah, of PHS. You get all uh, your all year round benefits of becoming a member, plus your flower show tickets. Yeah. And sometimes it's a better deal than buying the tickets at the door. Absolutely. Absolutely is. Members have their privileges, we, right? they benefits. Do. Yep, absolutely. Thanks. All right, Sam, thanks again for being on You Bet Your we'll Card. We'll see everybody at the show, March yep. 2nd. All right, as promised, it is time for our question of the week, which is all about pollarding or the art of making trees ugly. Tom in Rio Grande, New Jersey, which is just outside of Cape May, writes, we live in a 55-plus development, have a landscape service that, quote, takes care of the grounds, and I am so upset with them that I'm spitting nails. We have three trees at the edge of our backyard. We have asked the landscape service not to touch these trees every year for the past four years. 
They had grown to the point of just about being able to provide much wanted shade on our back patio from the afternoon sun. Then I came home one day to find that the trees had been severely pruned. Here's a picture of how they look now, and here's a photo of what these trees looked like before we unfortunately went away for a week. And no, he adds, I didn't collect evidence in advance expecting a crime to be committed while we were gone. The second picture is actually a photo of the trees I luckily took two years ago. Now, have you, meaning me, ever heard of trimming back deciduous trees as if they were a bush or a hedge? I was always taught that pruning meant selectively removing branches to help the trees grow stronger and in balance. Am I missing something? Yes, Tom, you're missing the tops of your trees. <laughs> mm, sorry, I am weak-willed and could not resist. Pruning of trees is exactly as you described, Tom. Selectively removing entire branches to eliminate dead and diseased sections, improve airflow, and in some species, control the height of the tree without killing it. But your trees were not pruned. They were pollarded. At least that's how I'm told you pronounce it, which is a technique. I'm choking on calling this a technique. It's more like a felony that dates back millennia and actually made great sense for people in the early centuries. In fact, it's probably one of the earliest forms of permaculture. As those of you watching the show on TV just saw, pollarding doesn't remove entire branches selectively. Instead, it turns every single branch into a stumpy thing, making for a kind of nightmare before Christmas look as if a leafless tree in the gray of winter wasn't sad enough, right? So how could this have been a good idea back when B.C. changed to A.D.? The answer? Animal feed and firewood. At some point in the summer, clever farmers would prune off all of the leafy matter at the top of their trees. They had to make sure that the trees had been processing solar energy long enough to sustain the tree for the season, but they couldn't wait so long that the leaves would become tough and less nutritious. This harvest made excellent sense. The leafy bits would become fodder for animals like horses and cows. The smaller branches would be used for kindling and craft making, and larger sections would become firewood. Do it right, and the tree would provide an annual harvest as beneficial or better than any fruit tree. No, the trees did not look nice. They looked as ugly as the ones your landscapers left you with. But this was about survival and sustainability. Early cultures required wood for an endless number of uses, and it takes a long time for a newly planted tree to grow to a useful size. It was much smarter to get what you and your animals needed without killing the tree. This is a tactic currently being used to fight famine and drought in Africa, where it's called alley cropping. It would also be used for historical accuracy in living farms, like the great one at St. Fagan's Museum of Natural History in Wales. But in a home landscape today, it is just uglier than the dog's breakfast. I don't have a lot of good news for the future of Tom's trees. The new branches that emerge are going to be thin, spindly, and totally out of proportion with the rest of the tree. Research also indicates that the trees will grow much more slowly now, and that's if they even survive. I see a lot of trees that were pollarded years ago that never saw new growth. They exist only as ugly sculptural reminders of lessons never learned. Now, Tom, doubtless you will be told that they were, quote, thinned out to prevent winter snow and ice from damaging the trees. <laughs> Instead, they were pre-damaged by the landscaping crew, who may even build a community for this service. In the long run, only politics can prevent this kind of nonsense. You have to go to the community meetings. You have to get a position on the landscaping committee. And you have to enlist the support of your friends and neighbors to prevent this ugliness in the future. Your before and after pictures, which we'll put up on our website, and you'll see at the question of the week at Gardens Alive, tell a powerful tale. Play those cards at those meetings. A nugget of potential good news? If this is the only time your trees get whacked, they may slowly be able to grow back branches of a size that look like they belong on the tree. And after a couple of unmolested seasons, they should even begin growing at a normal rate again. Just be sure they don't get whacked again or your hope for future shade will forever be whacked with them. 
Although, you could talk to the landscaping crew, get them to leave the branches behind, and then you'd be able to keep a pony. Well, that sure was a surprisingly historical look at Pilarding, now wasn't it? Luckily for you, the question of the week appears in print at the Gardens Alive website. To read it over in detail, just click the link for the question of the week at our website, which is still and will forever be YouBetYourGarden.org. Gardens Alive supports the You Bet Your Garden question of the week, and you will always find the latest question of the week, and all the old ones, at the Gardens Alive website. Yikes, my producer is threatening to pollard my prunes if I don't get out of this studio. That sounds serious. We must be out of time, but you can call us anytime at 1-833-727-9588 or send us your email, your tired, your poor, your wretched refuse teeming towards our garden shore at ybyg at wlvt.org. Please include your location. Or you can just look for all this contact information at our website, youbetyourgarden.org, where you'll also find the answers to all your garden questions, audio of this show, video of this show, and our podcast. Ken Queter plays our theme song. Our chief content officer and suspected producer is Yoni Greenbaum. Our engineer is Cheerly Charlie Sarah and Zach Wineski is our jack of all trades. Our social media director is Amanda McGrath. Check out her fine work and stay current with the show every day at the You Bet Your Garden Facebook page. Our website wonder is Anastasia, not Fantasia, Weckerly. Jazzy Jonas Bowen is our audio editor. Concrete Kelly Hurd and Jacob Boyer are our video editors. Our floor manager and former auxiliary emergency member of the Legion of Substitute Heroes is John DeCensis. Tyler Mann is our cameraman. Our director is harassed and harried Javier Diaz. Tremendous TV a minute works the phones. Regal Ron Ruscha is our director of underwriting. Our marketing madman is jaunty Jim McDonald. Andy Cummins makes the equipment work. Our CEO, Tim Fallon, has just assured a Senate investigating committee that he is not the executive producer of this show. He would explain more, but he's late for a meeting. I'm your ho-ho host, Mike McGrath. I have full membership in the Avengers, the JLA, the Defenders, Challengers of the Unknown, and I once asked Rip Hunter what time it was. He hasn't moved since. But I will stay on the move so that you can either see me, hear me, see and hear me, or see me, or pod my cast, or whatever, until I see you again next week. <laughs>